Good morning, church. Well, it's a great joy to be in fellowship with you this morning. The trust that the Lord will help us as we look into His Word. All of us, as we live our lives, we experience choices and challenges. And when we choose, we have realized and experienced that actually, when you choose, you will have consequences of your choice. Sometimes very good ones, sometimes terrible ones. And in the recent past, I was just reflecting about what is happening and some of the difficulties that we are going through as a nation, as well as the church in Zambia. Look at the nation, you find that the provision of social amenities, services and other infrastructure facilities, it just looks impossible that anybody can do anything about it. When you look at roads, water, sewerage facilities, electricity, a lot of things are happening in a very strange way. You find that people are building houses, there is no water pipes, there is uh, no sewer lines, so everybody is now make it's like each one for himself. And that's why sometimes you wonder, how could it be that in the capital city of our country there could be cholera? Not realizing that actually it's the way we are doing things. Here somebody has built a sewer tank. Here somebody has put, there is a small wall dividing their yards. Has put a bomb. And when we look at all the difficulties we are going through, it looks impossible. Do you ever think there will be a time when you have a third road passing along here? And that when you drive to church, you feel comfortable. It just looks like it can never happen. I wonder why. Now, when you look at the church, unfortunately, it's looking similar. The church, we find struggles in fulfilling the calling that God has given us. When there is something that needs to be done, you find members are too busy, too busy to be involved in the mission of God. Everybody is busy. And so the call of God is not actually being fulfilled. I don't know if you have ever thought of those, those things. Now, have you also thought that each one of us is capable to carry out something? Our personal projects, we are carrying out. And we'll be talking about how we have successfully finished this project and that project. And finish them in record time. Yet when we think about government projects, church projects, suddenly, it's like it's two other different people. Not those who are finishing in record time. What confuses me when I look at the way we do things in church, 
is when I look at the arithmetic in proportions. You know, you see, a person, one individual, can grow 20 liter, 120 liter containers of water in one hour. Now, when you put two people, it follows that the, if this one can do 100, this one should also do 100. So, after one hour, you will have 200 containers. Now, it's very strange. I don't know if you have observed. In church, it doesn't happen like that. It happens the opposite. One person, 100 containers. When there are two, 50 containers. What does that mean? Does that, that make arithmetic sense? But that is the experience we are having in our time. So what is the problem? That is the challenge you and I should think about. What is the problem? And this is what would like to sort of explore this morning as we think about how do we respond to God's calling? What are some of the barriers that are causing us not to do what God has called us to do? Things that are a hindrance to the calling of God. Responding to God's call. What is it that we find difficult? You know, one of, the, one of the reasons I would want to propose is that the problem lies in the person to whom you listen to. Who do you listen to? So the person you listen to gives you instructions and suggestions and convinces you this is the way you should go. Now, if it's a wrong person, then you know you are going to go the wrong way. And unfortunately, in this world, for Christians, there is the devil who is alive and wants to be head. The devil is alive and wants to be head. And he works very hard to be head. You notice that wherever God is doing something or is planning to do something, the devil will go there very quickly. And when he gets there, he wants to find a way that he can hinder the work of God from progressing. And when we read in the Gospels, we see how he tried many, many times to hinder the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was very clear of his calling. And he had responded positively and said, I am going to the world and bring salvation. And he knew that this salvation involved him being rejected, being beaten, and being hung on a cross, cruel death. He knew it was that. And yet he said, Father, here I am, send me. But then the devil was trying to stop it because he knew if this succeeds, then he knows he's finished. 
So he tried many ways to stop Jesus. At one time, Jesus had to speak very strongly against his disciples. And some of us, when we read that, we start thinking, yeah, I think the Lord was a little bit harsh. Now remember, in the Gospels, we read where Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And who was he talking to? One of his disciples. Peter. Because Peter was not wanting to, he didn't accept, no, my master to die, to be rejected. No, it can't be true. And Jesus says to him, don't, I don't want to listen to that. Get behind me. Satan. Now you and I think we are very polite. Even when somebody's, you can even see clear that somebody's twisting your way of thinking. Instead of just telling them, shut up, I don't want to listen to you. You are telling me wrong things which are telling, telling me to do the, the wrong thing. But that's a challenge. And so one time, Matthew actually records for us how the devil tried to tempt Jesus to abandon God's calling. And so there is this record for us. And I would like us to read it in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. The Gospel of Matthew, I'm reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. Matthew and chapter 4. Verse 1 to 11. Now when, when the pieces of paper starts, stops making noise, then you know everybody has reached there. Um, okay, so I think now we can start reading. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, 
for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now, if you observe, you observe how the devil can actually be very, very cunning. Very cunning in that he will actually be appearing as though he is being very helpful to you. Sometimes he's challenging you to behave and to demonstrate your power as a Christian. He even goes to the extent of quoting scripture. It is written, the angels will take care of you. And so you start saying, ah, this person actually knows what he's talking. He can even quote scripture. So it must be biblical. If you are not careful, if you don't know the word of God, you fall for him. But Jesus says, and it is also written. So that is why it is important for you and me to know God's word so that we also choose who we should listen to. Look at how he is trying to, to derail the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like he's telling him, there is no need for you to be hungry. Eh? You have power to make bread even out of these stones in the wilderness. Why are you hungry? Now, he's making that suggestion and he's also a little bit cunning because he's trying to show, to, trying to, to say, if you are the son of God. And so he's like saying to Jesus, like you and me, sometimes that's what people do. They try and say, hey, if you belong to that, let's see. Trying to challenge you about your abilities. But Jesus did not fall for it. And he didn't want just to do things because the devil has spoken. He knew he should never listen to the devil. Because the devil can be saying something nice here when actually he means evil. And so Jesus knew. And so when the devil speaks like that, the Lord Jesus encourages himself by saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you know, many of us fail to overcome temptation. Why? Because we do not submit ourselves to the word of God. We do not submit and say, I am going to obey what God's word has said. would rather do something that is like Something that is like more or less easier to do. What makes me feel good? That's what you start doing. I remember uh, many years ago, several years ago, somebody phones in the evening and it's a lady and panting and crying and what? And talking about how and upset she is because this husband of ours is not behaving well. She says, now I'm fed up because he is having an affair with 
a young person who is almost the age of our daughter. So me, I know, and you know what she said? I know God says do not di divorce. And I know God hates divorce. But no, it's too much. I am now going to, to divorce. That's on the phone. <laughs> so I answered. I said, then you have, you have found the wrong person. Because my calling, that God has called me, is the ministry of reconciliation. Now, if you want the ministry of separation and division, then you are calling the wrong person. I'm not the one you should call. Maybe you call someone else. Here somebody knows God's word, but circumstances seem to show that you should not follow the word of God. That Jesus says, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, I'm hungry. And the market is very far away. And that's a good suggestion, Mr. Devil. He didn't say that. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And he submits to the word of God. Then he said, ah, maybe let me try another one. So he takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says, prove yourself to be the son of God. Jump! I know the word of God which you were quoting from says the angels will actually catch you. So you will not even be injured. Why don't you jump? Now you and me are the way we are. Hey, I can show you. I can jump. You want to show how great I am? Hey, you want to see? Look. One, two, three. You jump. Because you want to demonstrate that you are great. Jesus says, this is wrong. I will not listen to the devil. Because the devil is trying to derail my ministry and my calling. And so, he says, it is written. Again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do even these days. If you are a Christian, you, you, can't, you must do this. If you are a Christian, you do that. And so you start trying to listen to what people are saying that this is what a Christian should do and therefore you try to do those things. Instead of submitting to the word of God. When Jesus submits to the word of God. He will not put the Lord, his God, to the test. He doesn't give up. He takes him to the mountain. And it is a high mountain. And it must have been very high. Because they were able to see so many kingdoms. I don't know how far and wide they saw the kingdoms which are beautiful, glorious kingdoms, well-built cities and all those things. And you know what the devil says? If you fall down and worship me, I will do what? I will give you all these Hey, brothers and sisters, you know that that temptation is very, very strong. 
Some of you may just say, ah, after all, it's just saying, fall down. I'll fall down, but Mutima, I'm worshipping my God. <laughs> I need the money. I need the glory. So I'll fall down only with the legs. But my heart is still where? <laughs> How can you divide yourself? <laughs> you are cheating yourself. Jesus so he cannot compromise. Unfortunately, the reason the church is not what it is supposed to be, it's because of this kind of misunderstanding and wrong thinking. No, in my heart, I am okay. It's different. But my outside, it's okay, I can kneel down. And recently, I, it was there on social media and news. Somebody saying, don't judge me with my outward appearance. Because you don't know what is in my heart. She, 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 she shows all her naked body before the whole the world. And people say, but you said you were born again. Now how can you behave like this? Says, don't judge me by what you see. You don't know what is in my heart. Can you see? That's human. Eh? And it makes sense. What is in your heart must be seen by the way you behave and practice. You cannot do this wrong thing and then say, in my heart, actually, I'm doing what is right. It doesn't make sense. And Jesus knew it. And he had to be very, very clear. No compromise. He just said, you shall not worship any other apart from God. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you say. That's verse 10. Brothers and sisters, are you listening? Why are we compromising? Why are we lowering the standards of God? Why are we not listening and hearing what God is saying? Instead we are listening to either our opinions or something else. Or outrightly listening to the devil. And so we often fail to carry out the tasks that God has given us because we choose to listen to the devil who is at work to derail us from doing the work of God. Who then should you listen to? Who then should I encourage you to listen to? You know, God, our Father, actually points to the one you and I should listen to. I would like to use that portion of scripture in Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36, so that we can discover who you should listen to. So let's read together the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 9, beginning to read from verse 28 to 36. You know, when I was working for Scripture Union, we used to have what, at the camps, we used to have what we call the sword drill to try and encourage our young people to know the Bible so that, you know, they can find the passages very quickly. But many times people go... Actually, there is also in the Bible, I don't know about yours, mine, has 
what at the beginning a contents page right? where it says look in the new testament on page so just look at that page so you can know quickly you go to to that page but we are telling our young people so this is and then we see who find the verse quickly and in the process they learned how to quickly find verses now it is quiet we can read eh? we've all come to Luke chapter 9 verse 28 to 36 now about 8 days after these sayings that's after Jesus had taught some other things which we are not reading today he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray and as he was praying the appearance of his face was altered and his clothes became dazzling white and behold two men were talking with him Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep but when they became fully awake they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him and as the men were parting with from him Peter said to Jesus master it is good that we are here let us make three tents one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he was saying Verse 34, he was saying things, these things, a cloud, sorry, as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice, verse 35, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him and when the voice had spoken Jesus was found alone and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen so most of us have had an experience whereby you have an argument an argument with your child and the child is refusing to follow your instructions and you say you do this and then the child says no the teacher said so according to the child the teacher is the most intelligent person who is teaching him and you you are just at home so if you speak something which he sees that is different from the teacher he chooses to listen to the teacher. The teacher said. And sometimes you want to argue and tell you little thing. How can you say the teacher? You want to say the bad words about the teacher. But then it will not be good for you to do that. But it does happen. As a disciple of the Lord Jesus today, you are confronted with the question who should you listen to? Who should you listen to? 
at the event of the transfiguration, God commands the disciples who are there, the three of them, who they should listen to. You see, it is God who commands the disciples to say, listen to Jesus. Peter was actually making suggestions. They saw Jesus, Moses, Elijah. What did he suggest? Let's, let's build a tent. One for you, Jesus. One for Mo Moses. One for Elijah. And as they are thinking like that, God did not even try to engage with Peter. He just brought a cloud. says, Peter, you don't understand what is going on. And they got frightened. And when the cloud was disappearing, and while they were in that crowd, they heard a voice. Tell them, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Before the cloud, there were three people. Now when it is clear, there is only one. Jesus. Making it very clear that the voice that spoke from God was saying, don't confuse the things. Yes, I know you are so excited about Moses being the one who brought about, I uh, through whom I gave you the commandments. So you want to listen, to put him up there and listen to him. Yes, I know there were a lot of things I did through this prophet Elijah and he did a lot of things. But don't listen to this one or the other one and this one and then you have to decide which one should I listen to at this time. Should I listen to Moses or Elijah or when should I listen to Jesus? He says he clears that because this one is in a class of his own. He is my son. He is divine. He is God. He has got my nature. Listen to him. So we see Jesus is introduced as the Son of God and is the Chosen One. And in view of this special status of the Lord Jesus, the disciples are commanded to listen to Jesus. Do you know that the command still stands today? That command still stands today. Even this morning as I speak, that command is well and strong. And saying, listen to Jesus. Now, I don't know who you listen to. If you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus, God commands you to listen to Jesus. This means you must spend time reading the Bible, which contains what Jesus is saying, so that when you read, you will be able to Understand what it says. Listen and obey what Jesus is saying. It will be very important to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be derailed. Do not be derailed by people who claim to be speaking the word of God. Assess what they say with the written word of God. There are a lot of people speaking. 
Unfortunately, we find that uh, in our time, people listen to all sorts of, of individuals who they don't even know their lifestyle. And they even start despising their pastor or their elders. No, but that one said. Because they saw him on TV. And when he was speaking, the whole stadium was full. Oh, the whole of big auditorium was full. And so they conclude, this must be a man who is speaking the truth. That is why everybody is going there. Without assessing. Hey, you know that people would go to where they are not being made uncomfortable. Where somebody tells you, hey, come next Sunday to be your day to get that vehicle, that pajero you've been wanting to have. Come. Just come with so much money and your, that pajero God will give it to you. Now, you've been looking for a pajero, right? So you say, ah. Hey, and everybody goes. We need to think and follow the example of the believers at Berea. Look at what they did when they heard Paul teaching them. Should they listen to Paul? They need to compare. What is Paul saying? Is this what the scriptures say? So if you look at Acts chapter 17, verses 10 to 12, let's see what it says there. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 to 12, it says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, therefore, believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. They didn't throw away their brains. They were excited. This is what Paul is saying. And he's saying, this is what God's word teaches, what the scriptures teach. So they looked in the scriptures, examined, and looked. Then they said, yes, what Paul is saying is true. It agrees with the word of God. And they received it with all their hearts. How about you? When you hear God, God's word, what is your reaction? What is your reaction? God is calling you, but what is your reaction? God says, this is what I want you to do in my kingdom. But in the process, you decide to listen to someone else. So as we conclude, today, we have been confronted with a question, who are you? listening to. And the reason is that we want to know what is hindering you from following what God is saying to you. Notice that in our generation with social media, we are becoming used 
to consult social media for developing our opinions on several issues. And people are still talking, that's what they're talking now. Oh no, on social media, they suggested this. Oh, on social media, it said this. Oh, this one said, and it is what they call the, those who are, who are like making the, 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 they are the frontliners. And they are the ones that are being followed. And they are being called, these are the uh, celebrity. And so everybody is looking out to them. What are they doing? When they commit sin, you say, that's the great sin. Sin, I also go and commit sin. When they do this, people are following. Unfortunately, even those who call themselves Christians spend more time on social media than the word of God. When you hear what I'm saying, you might even just say, ah, no, it doesn't matter. And you don't even think about it. You go to the social media, maybe even put a question there in social media, you start discussing human opinions instead of listening to the word of God. God does not allow you and me to listen to opinions. He commands that you and I listen to the one who he introduces us as follows. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. He is the one you should listen to. And if you and me, each one of us, listen to Jesus, the church will be very different. The impact that the church will do on this community in our generation will be very strong. But as it is, we are so compromised, people don't even notice the difference. They even wonder, why do you go to church? What difference is there between you who go to church and me who doesn't go to church? You and I should search our hearts. Who am I listening to? So listen to Jesus and respond to his call upon your life. Faithfully fulfill your calling. Hey, do you know that if each one of us sitting in this building faithfully carried out our calling, this place will be different. The spaces we are seeing on benches will be saying, can we break this wall? In our community, people will be different. They'll come. Ah, you, the church you go to, I think I want to come. What happens there? Because I can see you're so different from us. But are, they, are, are non-Christians speaking like that these days? Are they? Has anybody said something like that to you? May God help us that we will listen 
to Jesus and be different. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that you have brought to us. Grant us the ability to choose that which is right and listen to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And be able to submit to the word of God and not the opinions of sinful human beings. Help us, O Lord. Be gracious to us. Make this your word. Let's find room in our hearts and transform and change us. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.